0: Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? I'm CT. I'm Carl, and you're listening to What's Up, Nephew, powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? What?
1: What? Oh, what's up? What? What? Oh, what's up? I'm like, what's up? Where you been? What you know about? Oh, no. What's up? Yeah. What's up?
0: What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, yeah. What's up, nephew? Hello? Yo, what's good, nephew? What's up? You ready to get started today, man? Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, everybody. We're back again for another episode of What's Up, Nephew. Um, We got a great show for you guys today. Today, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, the WNBA playoffs. Um, We're also going to talk about Naomi Osaka's U.S. Open win. And our Athlete of the Week is Tony Stone. So let's jump right in.
2: You can this or you can You you can get with this or you can
1: get, 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 get Alright, so first we got this for that question. And my first question I wanted to ask is, who do you think has had the ugliest jumper in NBA history? Sean Marion or Joaquin Noah?
0: Sean Marion or Joaquin Noah. Both of them got some really ugly jumpers. <laughs> um, oh, that's what's up. I think I might have to go with Joe Cam Noah. Um, like the way he shoots it with like two hands and um, it's like he's like flicking it with both hands. Like I can't even really explain it. It's got some kind of a little bit of overhead motion going with it too. It's just like real ugly. Like, what is this? <laughs> so I think I'm going to go with Joe Kim Noah on that one I'm
1: going to go with Joe Kim too because um, that jumper is just hideous I mean Sean Marius is ugly too but it got the job then and, uh, Joe Kim Noah is like just struggling with shoot. shoot, like it was like, like going to release the ball is just so much pain in his body just letting the ball yeah. go like, you just so uncomfortable with shooting. So, yeah, I'm not even joking though. <laughs> okay, no. That jump is bad. All right. Uh, my next question. Um, who is going to be the first to break the number of majors? Tiger Woods or Serena Williams?
0: Hmm. So, Serena's one away from tying the record. The all-time record. And Tiger's three away. <laughs> Uh, I feel like they both have been, like, so close for so long. It's tough. But I think... Ooh. I don't know. Like, I feel like Tiger has finally kind of found his way. You know, he's, like, trying to get back to, like... he ain't. He's not getting back to, like, the Tiger of the 90s. But he's, like, you know, back have, having all the other golfers fearing him. So, I got to... I think I'm going to go with Tiger on this one. I think Tiger... Has a chance to, to reach 18 and tie jack and possibly get four more and have 19 to get the record. What do you think? I'm going to go with Serena. Um, she
1: just yeah. made it to the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Uh, I've yeah. been that move a lot. And honestly, I just think if she made it to the semifinals this year, I just think, I don't know, but maybe she. So, I don't know, but. I'm still going with Serena. I'm confident in her, and I just think that she's she going to break it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a tough one. Because I feel like yeah. Serena has the chance to tie for a few years now, if I'm not mistaken. So, that, yeah. I hope. I actually hope both of them can break it, but that's a tough one.
1: All right, next question. Um, best block for LeBron vs Iggy in the 2016 finals? for Bam Adebayo versus Jason Tatum Whew.
0: Bam Adebayo's block was was beautiful and I think it I actually think it might have been a better block but if we're talking about like significance of the block like we don't know what that block means yet right so we see that Miami just went up two zero, so now mm-hmm. if they sweep if they sweep the Celtics it's like oh yeah that block is big because that kind of changed the momentum because like that, if, they, if if Justin Tatum makes that dunk Boston wins game one so yeah. you know so like we have to like it's gonna take a while for us to see the actual significance of that block like are they gonna sweep them are they gonna go seven games and we're like oh that game meant the difference between them winning game, you know winning the series in seven games or are they gonna go to the finals the NBA finals and be like oh yeah so they the NBA champions and it was because of that block. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. I'm gonna go with LeBron's block. All because of what it meant. Like, you know, it was a big time game. He needed to make a big time play, and that that was huge. They wouldn't have won yeah. a championship without that block. So I'm gonna go with LeBron on this one. I'm
1: gonna have to disagree with you. Bam's block <laughs> crazy like his hand was all right, first off he blocked it with his off hand. He blocked it with his left hand. That's
0: first. Yeah. That already They say he probably would have fouled him if he would have blocked it with his right hand.
1: Yeah. So that already stands out. He blocked it with the left hand. Then while he's blocking it, his hand is basically in the rim. They am going to have enough strength with that one left hand to basically just push it out. It was definitely a yeah the amount of time that was on the clock and how crucial, like, that dunk was. If he, if he would have got that dunk off, boom, Celtics would have won that game. That probably would have shifted the, moment, the momentum. But, yeah. like, that block, just, I don't know. I'm not going to with them. But also, LeBron's block, that was also another very crucial turning point in that series, which led them to win the finals. So, I don't know. Right. But, I think if we were to go buy the nastiest block or a better block, I would have to go with Vans. Yeah. All right. Next question. You rocking with the Xbox X or the ps One? So, you know, this
0: is one of the ones that I really don't know. Like, it's been a while. Like, the last game system that I've gotten, well, the kids, we, we got a Nintendo Switch now for the kids, but the last game system I've actually gotten was an Xbox 360, so I'm kind of like out of the loop. So, which you tell me about, like, which one do you think? Like, which one do you think would be better for like sports games? Okay.
1: Me, I'm a PlayStation guy. So, no matter if Xbox is going to seem better or anything like that, I'm going to always go with PlayStation.
0: So, so, you you biased then? So you don't, you're
1: not unbiased about this. No, I'm not unbiased about this at all. I don't care <laughs> about the Xbox, PlayStation. It's my game. I just love. It. I just always love the PlayStation. So uh, I can't really tell you that much about the Xbox Series X. The PS Five, it's just, it's just looking nice. And then like the sports games for PS Five, I think they're doing this for Xbox too, though. But They released their games for this season, like, for the current-gen consoles, like PlayStation 4s and Xbox One. But I know what they're doing for the PlayStation 5 is they're building the game from the ground up. So it's going to be a whole completely different game. Just everything's going to be completely different. I don't know if they're doing that on Xbox or PlayStation, but...
0: Yeah, they're probably going to do that for both systems.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm at the PlayStation. That's 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 my stuff right there.
0: Oh no, I always thought, you know, from my experience, the graphics on the Xbox is just next to none. Like mm-hmm. nobody can beat those those graphics. So I probably still, if I had to purchase one, I think I still lean to the Xbox X.
1: Something I will said about Xbox getting all graphics. It's like. PlayStation, with their graphics, you're more like delayed. your reaction time is slower than Xbox. Xbox is like it's pinpoint. Everything is unless you got bad wi If you don't got bad wi you straight. You're not gonna lag. You're not gonna be delayed. Anything like you'll be straight. PlayStation that is one flaw that that, that they do have, and that's something that Xbox is better than. And but other than that, I think PlayStation got better games. I'm I'm, I'm a PlayStation guy. That's what I'm going. With.
0: <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so that's the last question? Yeah. Alright, so um moving on to our next segment. Alright, so this weekend what's happening? Um we wanted to start us off talking about the starter of NFL.
1: Oh, okay. So NFL history has just been made. Um the most African American starting quarterbacks in a season opener just happened in this past week. Had ten starting quarterbacks. And what I wanna know is like do you think that a lot of these quarterbacks like a lot of these teams decide to start Black quarterbacks, just because of all the stuff that's going on, or do you actually think that they earned those spots?
0: Um, I actually think. Well, let's just start off talk about a little bit about like last season. Last season, we had Patrick Mahomes, um, Sean Watson, Dak, um, Lamar Jackson. You know, they were all like killing right doing their thing so last year is was actually you know a lot of media first pe- people have you know declared last year as the year of the black quarterback so i think that's just a, a sign of you know the black quarterbacks that are have been given a chance to proving mm-hmm. that they 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 exist i mean not exist but they can be legitimate quarterbacks be great quarterbacks in the league proving themselves so i think it's a, a sign of that um you know, I always you know, I always like um like my boy Tyrod. I'm glad he got another chance to start. He's one of those starting quarterbacks. You got Cam, he's back in the mix. So I think it's just really shown that, you know, these quarterbacks have proven themselves, they can play. It's not no, you know, they're just running quarterbacks, they're just athletes. It's like, oh, they got the total package. You know, they they smart, you know, they can pass and they athletic. So I think is really a sign of, of things are changing, and you know we're giving more of a chan- giving them more of a chance to play quarterback. What are your thoughts? Um,
1: yeah, I believe that too because last season it seemed like the black quarterbacks killed the white quarterbacks. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm gonna go with that too. But also at the same time, like San Diego Chargers. They just drafted the quarterback from Oregon. He's supposed to be that guy. He's supposed to be a beast coming out of college. Oregon, he did his thing at Oregon, and it was like I thought that he was supposed to be the man. And then we come open week, opening week, I see Tyler Taylor, and it's like what happened to the dude who was supposed to be that man. And that what just made me come up with the question: Is like, do you think that? he got the spot because of all the stuff that's going on or, like, do you think that he actually earned that spot? Because based on what that kid was doing in college, he was nothing like the man. They was talking like he was supposed to be the man this season and then come to find out he's not starting. So,
0: man, but yeah, it's but that's college. Time. Like, once you get to that speed where you got, like, people that are playing on the line and linebacker that's just as fast as the quarterback, just as fast as the running back, just hard to, you know – say that he gonna do the same thing that he did in college you know a lot of times what you do in college don't translate so you know Tyrod is proven you know he's proven that he can not turn the ball over and you know carry a team he can even get he's even got a, you know a couple of wins in the playoffs under his belt so I take Tyrod into I don't know if it's like Tyrod is our guy forever or, is, or is a Tyrod is our guy until we get this quarterback ready what we feel like he can, you know, contribute. But um, also, what I wanted to say about this is like, you know, looking looking at college football right now, and looking at the quarter the, the quarterbacks that are leading the way now, I think it's gonna we're gonna have a long history of, of black quarterbacks um, starting in the NFL. You know, because I think you know Justin Fields he might be one of those guys that can come right in and play right away as well. There's a couple other guys that. You know, I'm keeping my own. so yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say about that. But um, yeah, so also with the NFL, I wanted to talk about like the Chiefs fans' reaction to the um unity the unity the unity protest that the players made. You know, so the players they didn't kneel or anything for the national anthem, but you know, they came out and they all locked on, both teams. And the crowd booed. What were your What was your reaction to that? On
1: um, the board, it was just kind of like, okay, y'all, y'all didn't like when we were yelling. Now, we're we're not doing anything to discriminate against the national anthem or anything. We're not taking the knee. We're not doing anything. We're standing up for it. We're still playing it. And it's like, y'all still not satisfied. So, like, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, it's like, no matter what we do they still gonna try to find something to hate on us about
0: yeah and it kinda shows that it wasn't about the flag right yeah you know it, it was it was something deeper it was like it, it was almost like so do y'all like not want us protesting the way we've been un- unjustly treated cause we didn't kneel like that was your complaint you don't disrespect the flag so they didn't disrespect the flag and y'all still got a problem with it so I'm like, okay, we see we see how y'all really feel. <laughs> um, so let's let's move on to a little bit of NBA action. Um, Whew. your Clippers. I think I'm. Just, I just want to open it up talking about your Clippers, man. What happened? They're out of the playoffs.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh. <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. So. Paul George, choke. Ooh. Could Ooh. be shooting six for twenty two from the field, and you supposed to be the guy. You supposed to be the man, shooting six for twenty two from the field. And Ooh, you said how he y'all? Said he went one. He went one for eleven in the second half. That's two points in the second half. Yeah, that's horrible. You supposed to be the man, and then Paul George. Probably had like one or two good games throughout this whole playoffs, and it's like Kawhi wanted you, he got you, and now you're not yeah. producing, you're not putting in no type of effort, right? Uh, I don't know,
0: I'm mad, so mad. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Like for me, I I feel like the Clippers really then coming into the bubble, taking this thing serious. I feel like they felt like, you know, Mm. we don't got to lock down, lock in until we get to the um, the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. And it kind of showed, you know, I feel like Kawhi came in, he looking a little heavy. Like, to be, I don't know if he really was heavier, but he looked like he put on a few pounds, you know, during the three months off. You know, we got Lou Williams, he not focused, he going in and out the bubble. I know, you know, he went out for personal reasons for a funeral, but then after that, he's going to the strip club and doing those type of things. Um, Then you got, on top of that, you got injuries. And then it also seems like Paul George, I don't know, he seemed like he might have been battling with some, you know, personal issues as well, like, you know, with, you know, some with depression or something you know he talked about there earlier in the playoffs so like yeah I don't know it, it seemed like you know it was gonna be hard for them from the jump and then you know now today it came out that it's also like some chemistry things like it was like some you know they weren't the players weren't getting along or whatever And you know they blaming each other for certain different types of things and people other players aren't taking responsibility you know so to hear all that it's like okay so they wasn't really ready you know, they wasn't really yeah. ready for the bubble. This wasn't going to be their year. So, yeah, so now they're at home. <laughs> Honestly, so, but
1: the way that they just look, you just came for this year, I don't think they're going to win a championship for any of the years to come.
0: But that seems like <laughs> just who the Clippers are, right? Like, think about it. So, a few years ago, when they had um, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Joy, <laughs> We had um, CP3 that was supposed okay. to be a championship squad right and and nothing happened so yeah I don't know I think do that's just like who the couple
1: do you think do you blame that on the coaching
0: or the players I think it might be a little bit of both right I think um, you know Doc Rivers probably could have done something different Probably try to shake up the lineup a little bit. Um, maybe try bringing in, like, he got two six-man of the year caliber players on his squad. Maybe switch it up and start one of them or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sit but like sit, um, sit PG. Paul George. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, a few things that I think he probably could train change. But I'm 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 interested to see, like, what's really going to happen with that squad because I got a feeling they're going to have to shake some things up. I don't know if it's going to be, like, coaching or players. I don't see that being the same squad next year. What do you think?
1: Honestly, I wouldn't switch up the coaching. I wouldn't put that all in the coaching. I think Padres has got to
0: go. Ooh. But what I'm saying Honestly. is Dr. Rivers has been in that position for a while. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I, you're right. I don't know if we'll call for his job, but they're gonna have to figure something.
1: Call for out. I don't job know what it is. I don't put all the blame on him because Paul George is supposed to be somebody that's supposed to be that's supposed to produce every night.
0: And but I guess, like, I'm not. I guess for me, I never really thought that Paul George was a superstar. I just thought he was like an all-star caliber player. Like even when he was like doing this thing against the, with the Pacers, like like you know he would give LeBron work. i was just like I never still saw a superstar status out of him. So like he ain't doing he's not doing anything abnormal to me. It's just like he getting superstar money. <laughs> yeah. He is who I thought he was to be honest.
1: Yeah, you're right. He never really showed to be a superstar. And honestly, I just really don't think he's been the same player ever since he left the Pacers. And, like, him had to be a, a superstar, but he's a, a all-star. Why he's an all-star? And for the performance yeah. that he's been putting up, it's like, okay, Jamal Murray wasn't an all-star this year. Yeah. Jamal murray been balling. He wasn't an all-star this year. He's an all-star, and he's been playing, like, straight trash. That's true. So, yeah. I'm really just playing in it. But also, I'm going to talk about how the Nuggets, Two two series back to back, being down three one and only four straight games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um the Nuggets they got they got that grit, they got that heart. And then they got their two stars, um, Murray and um the Joker. They've yeah. been balling out. Like and it's like they compliment each other. Like when one ain't doing something the other one come up. So like I think that's yeah. That's why you want another star in your squad, right? That's why you 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 choose to have two stars. So, like, when one is off and they are actually doing what stars are supposed to do. And then, you know, they got all these complementary players that are, you know, helping them out as well. So, they look good. Like, I actually wanted, wanted the Clippers to um, lose because, I you know, I wanted the Lakers to have an easy shot. But I don't know if the Nuggets going to be an easy shot to the finals. I
1: was about to say that's not gonna be an easy shot. It's like they hungry, like it's like they wanna. They wanna win. And they're young also. So it's like LeBron, he didn't oh, but LeBron, he's still here. come on now. He's the king, it's LeBron. But they gonna go crazy. Like they gonna hustle. They faster, they quicker. I don't know. I don't I don't know. But honestly, I don't want LA to win. I mean, I've been saying that. I don't want LA to win. So um, now Clippers, I going for the Nuggets.
0: Right. And now um, let's talk a little bit about um, the Boston Celtics being down o two now. Like, mm-hmm. can, do you think they can make it a series, or do you think the Heat is just gonna sweep them possibly?
1: so I just seen something and um I just seen some on Bleacher Report talking about how Marcus Smart after the game was cursing out all his teammates like was cursing everything He's real real mad and so that kind of sounds like they starting to break apart now mind you tonight they just gave up a 17 point lead yeah was okay. they're, they're arguing they're fighting with each other they yeah, he, they a team. They happy for each other. Jimmy Butler, he probably didn't put up that many points, but he had some crucial steals. And it's just like yeah,
0: fighting. he had a three defensive plays.
1: Yeah, so it's like I think, I think it's over for the Celtics.
0: All right. Yeah, I All think right. I think you might be right as well. I think I think the Celtics might be done. I mean. Yeah. Cause the heat, the heat is another team. Like they, it's like they start clicking at the right time, and they look yeah. damn good. <laughs> um, so let's move on real quick to to the WNBA. So your squad is out. Um, the Mystics they ended up losing. So right now the playoff picture in the semifinals is looking like it's going to be Minnesota versus Seattle, and if Connecticut can hold on against the Sparks, like they, uh, it's like the fourth quarter and they up like almost 20. They're going to play against the um, Las Vegas A's. You said the Sparks is up by 20. No, the Sparks is down by 20. Oh, I thought you said they was up by 20. I'm like, hey,
1: they're getting dragged.
0: No, yeah, they get, the Sparks are getting drugged by Connecticut. I know, I know, I thought you said oh, okay. it's
1: opposite.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, so like, who do you think is going to make the finals between those two games? I think I think it's going to be um, the Aces and, and Seattle. I think it's going that's going to be the final matchup. Aces
1: and Seattle. Um, I want Mercury in there. I don't know. Mercury walk. lost. Is they lost home? today. They out. They lost today.
0: Yeah, they lost about one point.
1: Oh, Alright, all right, so I'm gonna go to Seattle. I'm gonna go to Seattle and Connecticut.
0: Okay, we'll see. Like, I don't think you can vote against Angel Wilson. You know, she was just named MVP today for the um the Aces, and like she's been balling out ever since she's been in the Wubble. So I don't think you can count against her. Like, like I think I like her against anybody, any matchup. I don't think nobody can stop her so I'm gonna go with her squad on that and um so we'll see we'll we'll continue to talk about that and then lastly on our what's happening topics I wanted to talk about Naomi Osaka she just won the US Open again for the second time what are your thoughts
1: um on winning like what are my thoughts on winning
0: yeah what are your thoughts on her winning and then maybe you talk about like the way that she, you know, represented it, you know, for like she protested with the and brought, you know, um, she brought attention to you know, police brutality with the mask and all that type of stuff. What are your thoughts about all of that stuff?
1: Okay, first, I'm glad that she won. Um, she was one of the people that won in the um, final. It was between I wanted her and um, Serena. Serena came up right. short. I'm glad that she won That's first And then Being at the way That she won And still like Walking these far masks With Brianna Taylor Name on it And it just it spread the awareness Even more I feel like And it's yeah. like I heard that um Now people in Japan Now they know What's going on
0: Exactly You know she yeah.
1: sports, and So it's like Her wearing these masks It's like It just brought Way more awareness To it It's like First she won, and now she making this stuff even more known, all this stuff that's going on in America. So i um, all respect to her.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I bet Ben said it, like, you know, between her and Coco and Sloan, I believe, you know, they're the next generation of great tennis players. And I think Naomi is in the top of, of that new group. And she's proving it right now. Um, I mean, she's nice. She's real nice. Um, But as far as like the way that she used her platform um, to bring attention to police brutality, I think that was like super dope. Like the whole time, and you know, a lot of people was like, she said, you know, a lot of people told her to keep, you know, politics out of off the court, out of tennis, and you know, she was like, well, this isn't even really political. This is a human, you know, a human rights thing. Like, people deserve to, to live. So, but she said, you know, I plan on being on TV for years to come. And I think she really will be. So, I think, you know, she is one of them athletes. I'm already going to, you know, give her that title. One of them athletes that we're going to, you know, be able to to watch out for. And like you said, by her um, playing and being you know, playing for Japan, being um, half half Japanese. Um, You know, a lot of her games and matches and stuff are on over there. And by wearing those masks, it made the reporters in Japan report on the police brutality that's going on in the United States. So I think that's dope. You know, I think, you know, that was one of the things that got changed during the Civil Rights Movement. It's It's when other countries began to see the injustices that were going on in our country. So now... Other countries again seeing the injustice that are going on in our country, and maybe that'll help bring some change, right? Because yeah. you know, it's like, oh, America ain't all that great as great as this, you know, they try to seem to be, like they still got mm-hmm. their problems. So I thought that was dope, and, you know, yeah. it was also it was funny, you know, with, with her winning or whatever. You know, I didn't know that she was half Japanese and half um, Haitian, of Haitian descent. So it's like, okay, so, you know, Haiti, Haiti they overthrew their government. So it's like, okay, so, like, she really witty. Like, like she she's serious yeah. about this. Like, she, she got the the um, the um heritage or the, the, the background to back up, you know, her protest. But then it was funny, you know, she's dating the rapper Cordae. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought that was funny, you know, how, like, you know, he came on the court. You know, he came on the court and he was representing as well. You know, he had to defund the police shirt on and all of that. And then I just thought it was funny, um, you know, how, you know, she had one, and then they were taking the pictures, and, you know, he didn't want to get in the picture, and he was like, so I get in the picture? You know, the memes was like, when, you, when y'all when knew and loved, <laughs> and y'all know <laughs> if you can be in a family, put this a lot. So you, you'll you probably be dealing with that soon, or have you already had to deal with that?
1: I mean, the type of freshman, I, <laughs> I wasn't, like... <laughs> The girl I've been with, I'm finna hit like two years with her. So like I've been okay. with her, I've met her family and all that. And it's like even when I did meet him, it wasn't like I was like nervous or shy or anything like that. Like I mean, a right. picture came but up. But you wasn't was... trying
0: to jump in the picture. So so when she, when y'all graduated from from middle school and you had to take the pictures, you was just jumping in her picture.
1: Oh no, it wasn't like that.
0: No. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. Yeah, you know, you you go over, you know, you dating, and you know they the family taking pictures, and then you be like, you know, you just like I'm gonna chill out, but you know, lay back, play the cut, and they be like, come on, get the picture. Like, oh, oh, me? Y'all want me be the picture, <laughs> <laughs> or you do the thing like, oh, I take the picture. Let me take the picture. Y'all just never like, No, nah, you jump in. So I was like, oh, okay. So you know, once you once they let you get in the picture though, that's when you get your. That's when you know you're in there when you get in that yeah. picture. <laughs> oh man. I thought that was funny though. But um let's move on to our next segment. And now the athlete of the week.
1: Alright,
0: so this week's athlete of the week is Tony Stone. So I I'm not gonna even ask you, you know, have you even heard of Tony Stone? Because I know you haven't. So so one of the things, like, even if you never have watched baseball in your entire life, like, some of the names that you are probably likely have heard of are, like, Jackie Robinson, Satchel Paige, um, and if you're, like, my age, you're seeing, the, you watched the movie A League of Their Own, which um, told the story of the first all-women's baseball league, but another story that should be on that level that everybody should know about, but nobody knows, is the story of Tony Stump. She was the first woman to ever play professional bas- baseball as a regular in the big league, on the big league team. And, you know, really, she's just a footnote in history. Like, a lot of people don't really talk about her the way she um, did. And this really just contributes to the long list of black women who, who have endured hardships, overcame discrimination, and helped shape the nation, only to have their contributions minimized by just being puttin' Like, if you really go throughout history, you see a lot of women have been major things and it's just like putting up. Like, if you look at the Civil Rights Movement, you know, you think Martin Luther King, you think um, Malcolm X, but to be honest, there are so many women that were actually doing the strategizing to help, you know, to give them the strategy to have these movements. And, you know, Martin Luther King had just happened, just so happened to be the face but you know we'll talk about that at another time. So let's talk about um, Tony Stone. Tony Stone was born July seventeenth, nineteen twenty-one in Bluefield, West Virginia. Um, her love for baseball began at a very early age, and even with several attempts by her parents to get her to do other activities, you know, play different sports, she just always gravitated back to baseball. Um, at age fifteen, she began playing men's semi-pro baseball. And after graduating high school, she moved to California with her, to live with her sister. And there she began playing center field for the local American League team. And then from there she um went on to play with the San Francisco Sea Lions where she batted 280, which is a very great batting average. And then um from that from that position from that team she secured a team a position with the Negro League All-Star team. And then in 1949, she began playing second base for the minor league New Orleans Creoles. So then in 1953, the owner of the Indianapolis Clowns signed Tony Stone to play second base. Um, at that time, Hank Aaron, you, you know who Hank Aaron is, right? Hank Aaron, no. You don't know yeah. who Hank Aaron is? mm Hank Aaron was like the man, like in Atlanta. He was like he um at one point had the all time, had the most home run in M L B history that um Barry Bonds broke. He's uh uh Atlanta le- legend. Come on now. You're not you making it seem like you're not from Georgia. But <laughs> but anyway, so you know, Hank Aaron had just decided to go play for the Atlanta Braves, so you know, they needed a second baseman. So it's the owner of the clowns. You know, offered to sign to to sign Tony Stone. Um, and by him signing her, she, you know, she was on the team. They attracted more spectators. They got more fans than ever. Um, she ended up playing 50 games in the, in the one season that she played with them. She batted two forty three And in the ex- expedition game, exhibition game, she hit off the hit a single off the legendary play, player Satchel Payne that was the only person, she was the only person to hit off of him in that game. But, you know, her her career really wasn't easy. Like, you know, she didn't, it just wasn't like, oh, yeah, I want to play baseball. And this isn't going to be easy. Like, she endured a lot of, um, stru- many struggles during her playing days. Um, one was, like, there was an all-women's league, right? It was an all-women's league for, for um, all-women's be- baseball league. But it was it was segregated, and it claimed that only white women met the, um, the beauty standards to be able to play in that league. Like, I guess they felt like, you know, black women weren't beautiful enough or something to be able to play in the league. So she couldn't play in that league. And then she also wasn't met with open arms to play in the Negro Leagues either. Um, the manager of the clowns, he once told her that she better stick to knitting and home cooking for her husband. So she had to deal with stuff. Like that. You know, other players said you know similar stuff like you should be at the house making biscuits for your husband, not on the field. Um, you know, the team they wanted her to wear to wear a skirt while playing mm-hmm. baseball for more for sex appeal or shorts, and she refused to do that. Um, and then there was even players that like um, were like spiker, like spiking. It's like when you like slide into a base and you like have your cleats up because you know major league players wear cleats metal cleats so they would have their cleats up and they would actually like spike her because you know they were like I'm going to take out this woman on second base so she, deal, she did endure with all those things you know as a player you know to be you know being the first woman player so you know just fast forward to 1991 her and other Negro League players were honored by the baseball hall of fame and in 1993, she was inducted into the Women's Sports Hall of Fame. Hmm. So, what are your thoughts about Tony Stone? Just just hearing a little bit of history I gave you about her. Um,
1: she's strong. To be able to go through all that and still play and all that stuff, um, that's a lot of stuff that I have to go through. And I feel like I was, if I was in her shoes, I would have gave up. I would have quit. First off, you being black, white people coming after you, and then you being black, and your own brother's coming after you, other black mm-hmm. people coming after you because you're a female playing baseball. And I just feel like it's a lot of things like that. And in, in like, there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on. And it's like, I feel like as me... We shouldn't downplay women. I feel like that we should build them up. And basically, they should have all been on her, being that a female made it that far playing Major League Baseball. It's like, come on now. I got downplaying her. They all should be picking her up and building on her, on her side, standing up for her against all these white people. So, that's what I got to say about that.
0: Yeah, so that, that was good that you said that, like, she had to deal with being a black person and then she had to have the same, have to deal with the same stuff against black men. So, when I think about Tony Stone, the first term that comes up to my mind is intersectionality. And you kind of really explain what intersectionality is. So, intersectionality is a framework of thinking about how a person is affected by a number of discriminations and of, and of disadvantages. Like, it takes into account like over overlapping identities and experiences to understand like the practices that they face so let's take Tony Stone for example so not only so you get one so being a black person that's that's one one discrimination or one disadvantage that you might have right so like at that time there's so many disadvantages to being black right that you go through like you segregation and all those type of things. But on top of that, she was a woman. Right? So that's a whole another level of discrimination, right? So the men thought that she needed to be in her place. You know, they thought that she needed to know her role and all those type of things. So that's a whole another level. So like just think about, you know, being a black woman, like it's like you facing discrimination two times over. So yeah. and then like you can you can even add to that. So like imagine more than likely, she came. She was poor, right? So that's a, that. That can even add to that. So like, adding those levels of discrimination, you know, it just shows like just the type of things that people experiences that people have to overcome. So that that's the term intersectionality. It's like all the overlapping discriminations that one person may have to experience in at, at that time. And you know, I I think you know it's kind of hard out here for women, for Black women as well, and I gave you some homework, right? I gave you some homework this week. I gave you to read, wanted you to read an article by um, Damien Young. He's the editor-in-chief. A very smart brother. And the article says, Straight black men are the white people of black people. And I thought yeah. that was a really good article. And I thought it was a great article to read for this. And I, I just want to read an ex- excerpt from this article. And then I want to uh, get your thoughts. So it says... Although we recognize that not all white people are actively racist, we want them to accept all the benefit from racism. And we become annoyed when individual whites take personal exception and center themselves in any conversation about race, claiming to be one of the good ones, and wishing for us to stop and acknowledge their goodness. But when black women share that we pose the same existential and literal danger to them that whiteness does to us, and when, when black women ask us to give them the benefit of the doubt about street harassment and sexual assault and other forms of har- harassment and violence, we might not personally witness. And when black women tell us that our they allowing our cousins and brothers and co-workers to use misogynistic language propagates the culture of danger. And when black women admit how scary it can be to get followed and approached by men while waiting for a bus or walking home from work, and when black women articulate how hurtful it is for our reactions to to domestic abuse and the rapes and murders to be what women need to do differently to prevent this from happening to them instead of what we men need to do differently to prevent us from doing them, their words are met with resistance and outright pushback. After demanding from white people that we're listened to and believed, and it is our livelihoods, and that our livelihoods are considered our ears shut off, and hearts shut down when black women are pleading with us that that kind of like hit home me like, oh snap I think I think he was right about that what What were your thoughts after you read this um article?
1: My thoughts was why as a black as a black person. Why do we not pick each other up? Us as black men what we should do is when women come to come to us with these problems and stuff like that, instead of thinking like, oh, what they should have done what they should have done to for none of that to happen to them and stuff like that, we should protect them. Stand up for them. Help them. It's bad when first she's already black so she's scared to walk outside at night because okay cops you never know what they might be on on that night and then they also got to be afraid and be on the lookout because you never know somebody might yeah. run up on them and boom so it's like as a black man i feel like we all all black men instead of downplaying and Oh, you should have did this. You should have did that. No, we should have did something. We should have been there. We should have protected her. We should have helped her.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I think I think one of the other things that you know, as 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 men, as black men, what we do is like we kind of you know hold this role up of, ever of, of like a, as a strong black woman. So yeah. like being like being they're strong black women. It means that, you know, we feel like they can hold any of these all these things, right? Oh, so you'll be alright. Like and another thing, like dealing, you know, as many, you know, black women that I have in my life that you have in my life, they really they don't complain a lot, right? They don't yeah. always, you know, let you know that there's what they're going through and all this time. So it makes it seem as if they're handling these things. But I think, like you said, if we want to be in these roles as men, we should protect them, and we should, even though if they don't express, we should know, you know, what's right, what's wrong, and um, we should see them. You know, you know, I always think about, you know, the movie that Ava DuVernay's documentary or movie, when they see us, and it's like, you know, white people don't don't really see us, right? They don't see us the way that we see each other, and I think that's that's one of the things that we got to do as black women is we got to see our black women and if we see them we'll know that these things that they're going through and we'll know that in a lot of ways we are the problem we're the main problem for them and we don't hold them down the way that they hold us down. i think we do got to do a better job of that well we're, we're all black women like even like trans trans black women so um yeah um so yeah I was our athlete other week, um Tony Stone, you know pioneer, you know, I think she should be talked about like I think we don't have women's sports, you know at the level that they I think it it could be a lot of improvement for women's sports, but I don't think women's sports would be at the level that it is today without pioneers like Tony Stone so shout out to her um and um. That's our athlete of the Week. So, let's move on to our last segment of the day.
1: Ask Uncle Nephew. Alright,
0: so our last segment, Ask Uncle Nephew. Um, this question is actually for you. Um, it was actually submitted through our um, Instagram account. So, what it says is, it says, I feel like I'm the only person on my team that takes it seriously. My teammates play all practice, never want to do what they're supposed to do in the weight room, and don't put in extra work. Should I keep trying to motivate them or worry about myself? Okay, so I, I think I'm actually, I'm going to go first and then I'm going to let you go. Um, This is a, re- a really good question. Um, um. I will say you continue to, to work hard. And I, I think sometimes you like working hard and stuff like that is contagious, right? They say, well, shoot. You know, dang. Let's take me for like CTO. He had four touchdowns last night. and I see him, he put in extra work. I think stuff like that is contagious. You know, I, I think, you know, hard work and those types of that kind of play is contagious. So hopefully you know, the thing is, like, keep your high-level intensity, keep putting in the extra work, and I think hopefully it'll it'll rub off on your teammates. In this case, I think your actions will speak a lot easier, and then I'm just thinking about a lot, the actions will speak a lot more, and I'm actually thinking about a perfect example of this is Jimmy Butler, right? People don't, you know, people say, you know, Jimmy Butler is this type of guy, you know, he's a, can be, like, a bad teammate and stuff, but his, Jimmy Butler's teammates love him. And I think he, what his play is contagious. Like, he's the star of the play. He's unselfish. Um, and I think, you know, it's like, shoot, we got to get up. I, you know, I, I remember, like, when Jimmy Butler first got with um, the Heat, you know, I remember he was doing these workouts. And, like, he would just be working. I was like, we work. And then, you know, the next day, he had another teammate with him. And then the next day, he had another teammate with him. So I think if you just, like – have, like, a a contagious, um, inviting attitude and just do your thing, I think your teammates would follow suit. I know that was long. So what you think,
1: Um, Honestly, I do say focus on yourself, but you can't forget about your teammates because, honestly, the way I think and look at it is you're not going to get looked at if you're not winning. You can't win without your teammates. So I feel like you still should try to motivate them. If they don't listen, they don't listen. But I feel like you still should try. You still should give an effort. You shouldn't just give up. But still, also do focus on yourself. Never lose motivation just because the people around you aren't working hard. That should never make you lose your motivation because you know where you want to get. You know it ain't gonna. You're not gonna travel with the same team to the next level. So focus on yourself. But still just don't give up on your teammates. Still try to motivate them because you still also want to see them win. You still want to see them get to the next level. Not only you, but you also want to see them get to the next level. So I don't think you should give up on your teammates. I think you should keep on pushing them, but also still focus on yourself. If they're if they not putting in work, still put in work. Try. Try and still invite them. If they're not still trying to put in work, just know that you putting in work you gotta hire against yeah. the make it level than they do cause you out here playing work while they not so yeah okay. just stay motivated
0: don't lose motivation yeah and, and trying to motivate them as much as you can <laughs> um so Makai tell them if anybody has any questions how can they reach you
1: if you have any questions hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Ask Leaders 360
0: that's All right, so that's me. our show for today. Um, had a very good episode. I'm glad that we got to hit on some of these topics today, nephew. Um, so before we leave, I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. It's from Louisa May Alcott. And it says, I'm not afraid of storms, for so I'm learning how to sell my ship." And, Mikai, what song are we closing out with today?
1: We're closing out with Eat by Toby the Wiggly.
0: Why'd you choose that song?
1: Um, I chose that song because lately I've been listening to a few of his songs, a couple of his songs,
0: and um,
1: something that I've been noticing is that he's even talking about social issues in his songs. So a lot of his songs, um, he made a song about Breonna Taylor. Um, that song kind of trended um, all around Instagram and Snapchat and stuff like that. And it's just like, I feel like his music is waking people up.
0: So, Alright. I like him. Okay. Alright. Well let's let's listen to it. We'll see y'all next time. Alright, y'all.
2: Oh. So it's so, so, so. look. I eat beats, watch me dining. Shining. I illuminate the rooms that I'm in, timing Loki ain't more crucial than alignment That's why the flow is intertwined with both and I'm defiling Every beat I'm on, even though I know it's wrong To treat rappers like a napkin after I pissed on commodes Then I wipe us on the toilet, can't decipher if you know That my life is tied to giving hoodlums life despite the holes That their sights are fixed upon and give them pipe out of control But the plight we in has almost wiped our frontal lobe of our heritage Rare kids like me who grew up savage, they got embedded in When they went to they partner crib and seen they mattress had a bed frame Shout out to those who told me Tobit was a pet name name? Tobit Chukudubinwikwe is my correct name Praise God for follies of my colleagues that embody everything I overcame blowing that ganji to suppress pain Oh, but I was weak though, so on occasion purple haze would keep me warmer than a peacoat Debo shouldn't be what you portray when you placebo But now my flow to cheat code, every bar is worth a kilo Every ball is worth a kilo, ooh Every ball is worth a kilo, ooh Told that Bim is my correct
1: name Yeah, yeah, look, hit the ground running like a halfback, okay. Mad black, P365 in my NASDAQ okay. Blast that, all who tried to harm me, I don't scratch that okay. I dropped two kids and I still snap back yeah. Yeah. Had to have these girls, don't think my pen dead yeah. Hard to sleep on me like a twin bed. Yeah. broke, now I bow like a skinhead yeah. You only get one shot, that's what Slim shit yeah. only had one wish, worth the Ray J
0: to vacate
2: nephew